How many know there are things that we should never forget? Amen. And one of those is just to remember that we have freedom because somebody paid the price for us to have the freedom that we enjoy today. Amen. And uh, so, so good to see everybody here today. Let me just add one quick little thing about in our announcements in that, and that is this, uh, with our uh, VBS coming up, we're believing for 100 children to be here that week and to minister to them. So what we're asking is that you would consider signing up for maybe one night, maybe a couple nights, maybe you could be there every night, but it takes a lot of supervision to minister to 100 kids. Amen. So uh, we're asking you to be a part of that. Come and help us in reaching out to these young people and believe God that through that we'll be able to touch some lives for the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Then also today you can pick up the June, July, and August uh, daily devotional. This is awesome. I just started looking through it. They have a whole section in here on uh, a series on these. I think seven of them on uh, how science proves the Bible. So maybe looking for ways to share some truths with some people that you talk to and they think, well, what about this? What about that? So the, this is just such a, a cool little uh, daily devotional tool. You can take, just take a couple minutes to read it every day, but it just it'll help you. It always encourages and builds your faith. So those are free. They're out there. Grab one of those and just our blessing to you. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, this is Memorial Day, and as Memorial Day, meaning that we are remembering those who uh, not just fought, but this is the day we remember those who died for our freedom. Memorial Day is, is memory of those who, who have given their life in service to their country to preserve and protect our freedom. And uh, we, we have men and women right now in the theater of combat around the world. They're facing and their lives are on the line, still preserving and protecting our freedom. We have young men and women out of our church that are serving right now actively in the military. And uh, I'm going to just do a favor. Would you just stand with me? We don't have a flag up. We have the flag on the screen up here. Could we just join? Would you join me in pledging allegiance to the flag this morning? Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a good hand this morning. You live in America. Amen. We live in a free nation. Amen. We are free people in a free nation with liberty. Praise the Lord. And I am thankful for it. I'm thankful for all of our men and women of service. And uh, I don't want to... it's just all caught up in the message. But if you're here today and you have family, my father-in-law retired from the military. My son served 12 years in the military and that. But if you have family or uh, friends or a, a, a loved one that's serving in the military right now or you serve, would you just stand right now? We'd like to honor you. If you're in any way connected to anybody in the military service. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We love you. Appreciate each and every one of you. Amen. We honor you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, as, as uh, right before service, I just made a note in my note that, uh, you know, we just gave in an offering. In the offering, we give a portion of our resources in, uh, to the Lord. But the reason we're able to be here and worship and have a place to worship and to give and to preach the gospel is because today we remember people who didn't give a portion, but people who gave their all. Amen. They gave more than an offering. They gave the sacrifice of their life for our freedom, and we're so thankful for that. If you turn to John chapter 15 in your Bibles, if you have it, and just a scripture, you saw it up there uh, previously in John chapter 15 and verse 13, but I want to read verses 12 through 17 with you this morning. Jesus says this, said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you my friends, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. These things I command you that you love one another. 
So twice in this that little passage, the Lord says that we're commanded to love. How many know a commandment is not a suggestion? Amen. It, it, it's totally different. It's not an optional. It, it's something that needs to be adhered to and followed. But we're commanded to love one another. And the greatest expression of that love is through the giving of our lives for someone that we love. And Jesus says, I, I'm thankful that God just doesn't call us his servants. He calls us his friends. Amen. And he chose to lay down his life for us. He loved us enough that he would give his life for us. And then, um, we won't read it, but in uh, Hebrews, I mean, not Hebrews 11, but in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, it's referenced there. And Paul writing to the church at Corinth and uh, giving them instruction about communion. And next Sunday, we'll uh, uh, receive communion together. But the purpose of communion is to remember. And what we remember through communion is that the life of Christ was given for our freedom from sin. And tomorrow is Memorial, the actual Memorial Day holiday, but it's set aside to remember the lives that were given for our national freedom and the liberties that we enjoy. And so remembering is so important and, and honoring uh, the sacrifice that was made because freedom is never free. Amen. Uh, I like what I heard one person say one time, says salvation and free, but it surely wasn't cheap. So we're, we're saved free. We didn't bring anything to it. It's a free gift, the free gift of salvation. But that gift wasn't cheap, the price it paid. Amen. You know, on our birthdays and holidays, people give us gifts. When we get it, it's free to us, but it costs him something to give that to us. Amen. So that gift wasn't, it, it wasn't cheap. And uh, so it came at a price. So our freedom definitely came at a price, and it's worth remembering today. Think about it. Look at the cover of your outline. What we do not learn from the history of our past, we are doomed to repeat in the present of our lives. I need to hear these statements this morning. What we do not learn through the wisdom of the pain, failures, and experience of others, we will learn through our own. There's never been a parent that had to try to, hasn't tried to teach their children out of our experiences. There, there's some places we don't want them to go. There's some things we don't want them to have to experience and learn on their own. We already been there, got the t-shirt and the scars to prove it. Amen. So we're trying to help you avoid some pain. Amen. But that doesn't always happen. See, what we allow to be forgotten and to slip from its place of prominence in our lives and in our hearts we will be reminded of through the pain of neglect. What we choose to reject on principle will be taught to us through the pain of personal experience. Father, this morning I thank you that as a nation and as a people and as your church, we choose to remember. We remember the sacrifice made by so many for our freedom today, that we are in a house of worship without fear of any type of retribution or activity against us, that we can freely worship you, honor you, live for you, that, that we're going to be able to go to the fairgrounds. We're going to be able to invite people from the community to come here. We can do it without fear of persecution in any way, shape, or form because we are living in a free nation. But that freedom, Father, that we enjoy today, we remembered was paid by the sacrifice and the price of others. We remember today that we are a people set free from the yoke and the oppression and bondage of sin because you loved us enough to give your son to pay the price and to take our sin upon him and to die in our place. So today we remember that our freedom was not free and we celebrate and we rejoice and we honor you and our men and women and our soldiers and our heroes who have given their lives for our freedom today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Look at this little next part I put in your outline, freedom. There has always been a price to secure it. There is an inherent responsibility to protect it. And there is an ongoing need to preserve it. Amen. Freedom has never been secured without a price. It is never, we're never free from the responsibility of protecting it. And there's an ongoing need to preserve it. Why? We must be willing to pay the price to secure it, accept the responsibility to protect it, and be able to see the need of preserving it if we want to stay free and live free and leave freedom as an inheritance to our children. If we want our children and our grandchildren to know and enjoy the freedom that we have, then we have to accept the responsibility for securing it, for protecting it, and for 
preserving it so it can be passed down generation to generation. Would you agree? To Tocqueville said this. I love this. My favorite quote. I use it every year at Memorial Time. But it's so powerful when I first heard it years ago when we had our Christian school. And, and, and I have a, a little, uh, little paper book, an eight and a half by eleven book. But it has a lot of quotes and everything about, about America. And, uh, but one of to Tocqueville's quotes was in there. And it's just powerful. He's a philosopher that came uh, in the 1800s to America from France. He said, America is great because America is good. What makes America great is that we're good. We, we have righteousness as the foundation of our nation. America is great because America is good. If America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. And I said this in first service, you know, I don't have to believe with every, in everybody's politics to be able to support them. I don't know if there's ever been a president or a leader that I've agreed 100% with all their political views. But I like it when I have a, patri- a, a president that I, can, that, that I can support his patriotism for our country. And there's a lot of things that people can say about our president, but there's one thing you can't deny. Our president is a patriot. And he believes in the freedom and the liberties of our nation. There are things about, uh, about uh, George W. Bush that people didn't like and things I disagreed with him about. And that's part of our freedom. We get to agree and disagree. Amen. But he was definitely a patriot and believed in protecting and preserving our freedom. The thing people didn't like about Ronald Reagan. You notice I'm skipping over a few people and that's for a purpose. <laughs> but you could never doubt their patriotism and what they believed in. Amen? And so to Tocqueville was a French philosopher who came to America in the 1800s to see for himself what made America great. The foundation of our greatness to him was not found in the bounty of our land or in the riches of our commerce or in the vastness of our borders, but rather in the righteousness of our churches and their pulpits ablaze with truth. Amen. I'm, I'm thankful that President Trump has also uh, signed and done away with the Johnson Amendment, which was passed in 1954, that, that silenced the churches from being able to speak on political issues for the few of fear of retribution and the loss of, of your taxes. We have a right to speak to the issues that concern our day. Amen. Our voice is as free as anybody else. Freedom of speech belongs in the church as well as anybody else. Can somebody say Amen. And so with that, thank God for Give our president a hand. Amen. He set the church free. For years, pastors and leaders wouldn't say, I'm too dumb to care to know any different, so I'd say it anyway. But there's a lot of guys who are more refined than me that just, would, just wouldn't say it because of, of that, that cloud hanging over their heads. And that. So I just figure if they send me to jail, I'll just cause trouble there too. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, you see, righteousness exalts a nation. Let us remember this Memorial Day, the lives that were given and are still on the line today. To preserve the freedom we enjoy. Tomorrow, most of us will enjoy a day off from work because we as a nation will pause to remember those who have died to preserve and protect our freedom. Freedom is not free. It is never free. Freedom has never been secured without a price. Amen? So I want us to remember, watch this first clip this morning.
You know, uh, our son Austin uh, was last stationed in Gettysburg and then uh, plugged into a great church there, Intersection Church, and uh, with Pastor uh, Jeremiah and Corey and uh, just a, a great young couple there, and he's plugged in and uh, met a young lady there, got married, and now they're uh, expecting their second child, our number eight grandchild, very cool. And so with him being stationed there, every place he's been stationed, we would have to go visit. And uh, so that gave us a great excuse to go different places, praise the Lord. And so it was fun. His first permanent duty station was Aviano, Italy, which was 60 miles north of Venice. So we just had to go visit him there. And so... uh, so anyway, but with him being at Gettysburg, we've had the, the privilege to be able to go to Gettysburg um, three times and to, to be there with him. And he is now, after 12 years of service, he's got out of the military and going to school, is completing his bachelor's degree. He's completed his bachelor's degree. Now he's working on his master's and on staff there at the church as associate pastor. And him and Teresa, awesome, super blessed. And uh, we get to go back in next spring. They're coming out in August and uh, be here with us, and then we're going to go back there in spring because the new little grandbaby is going to be born in November. Amen. And uh, so we're going to go in the spring. And uh, but uh, every time we've been there, I, I go to the battlefield at Gettysburg. It's an amazing place, and uh, there's something about that because it speaks of the price of freedom. It's a constant reminder. And uh, if you ever get the chance, I would encourage you to go and and visit. There's so many different places like that. But you stand there and on the one battlefield there uh, on on the last day of the battle, you think about the tens of thousands of lives that were given. Our Civil War was fought to secure the freedom from slavery, to break the oppression of slavery, that every person, regardless of their race, would be able to enjoy life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And hundreds of thousands of lives paid the price to break the yoke of slavery off of our nation. Because freedom is never free. Amen? And when you stand there, it, it, is a, it, it is a breathtaking experience to drive there and to hear. And I have a little CD I put in the car, I drive around. I can almost be a tour guide by now. And uh, so I don't remember all the places, but I know how to get from every place in there and stuff. And so, but it is an amazing experience. And when you think about President Lincoln's statement there at the end, the powerful thing in that statement that part of his Gettysburg address, it just said, I pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you only the cherished memory of the loved and lost and the solemn pride that must be yours to have laid so costly a sacrifice upon the altar of freedom. And, uh, you know, Memorial Day is picnics, it's barbecues. We have a lot of people gone. This is the first camping year, weekend of the year, and people out there, I found out that when you go camping, when everybody else goes, it's just no fun. So I, I try to choose my vacations on off days, and, uh, and, and as little bit on weekends as possible. Amen. Because most people without a brain show up on the weekends. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can we edit that later? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Anyway, moving right along. So think about it. It's done now. We're live. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today on this live stream. You never know what you'll hear. We're glad you're joining us. God bless you. <laughs> Amen. So think about it again. Jesus spoke to his disciples on the night of his betrayal as they ate the Passover meal. He told them to keep the Passover in remembrance of him. There are certain events, truths, and values in our lives that must never be forgotten. Not only must they be preserved, but they must be passed on to the next generation as well. You know, at my age, we're, we're, we're moving toward retirement, we're moving toward, you know, passing the baton or whatever that is, whatever that thing is, but in, in the near future, closer to that than I am at the beginning, amen? And so we all move that, but the next generation, you young people in here, you're the next generation. The freedom that we've had through my lifetime and our lifetime, it's going to be up to you to honor that, to own that, to preserve that, to secure that, keep it secure, and then to pass it on to your children and your grandchildren. Amen. I want my great-grandchildren growing up in the same freedom that I've enjoyed all my life. Could you say amen? Amen. 
So that has to happen. The price that has been paid for our freedom as a nation and the price that was paid for our deliverance from sin should shape the core values of our lives. Knowing why both are important and teaching their value to each generation. It is imperative to preserving what too many have taken for granted. And I think today there's a lot of, uh, of it in, in our in our nation, where just too much is taken for granted, and we forget the price that was paid to secure what we have. When brave men, Abraham Lincoln said this, when brave men die, it is their sacrifice, not our words, it is remembered. It is their sacrifice, not our recollection, that offers everlasting testimony of their love for others and their love for us. Amen? I mean, no, it's the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ that speaks to us louder than anything else. Amen. Think about it. We will not remain free just because of what was done once, but because we understand why it was done, and we too are willing to live, to fight, and even die if need be to preserve that freedom. And it's interesting because if you look across the world and you look into the nations of this world, you find that there are men and women right now today that are dying for the cause of Christianity and that are dying for, for, for the right to life and liberty and are fighting to preserve that because freedom is worth defending and worth dying for. See, this applies to both our national freedom and our spiritual freedom. Both have adversaries who des whose desire is to strip away our freedom and bring us under their control. How many know the devil is a controller? He's a controlling spirit. And there are nations, there are, there, you know, South Korea, I mean, North Korea would love to see us obliterated. We, we, there are governments, there are leaders, there, there are people groups and, and, and different groups that, that would like to see America completely obliterated and done away with. And so there's an adversary and there's a, a desire for dominancy and control against the freedom that we enjoy. And the devil is the same way against our lives spiritually. Think about it. The history of nations and of the church reveals the designs of destruction and set against both the church and our nation. In fact, it's important. We don't teach much history in our schools anymore, but young people should go back. You need to be a student of history. You need to go back and read backwards. My friend, Pastor Tim Delina, even there, there are a lot of great new books being written. For every new book you read, you need to read an old book. You need to read backwards as much as you read forwards. Amen. And sometimes you'll find out, if you read backwards, you find out that book was already written. <laughs> Amen. Come on. Everybody, 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 writing, everybody writing books on Christian truth. Come on. They, they've almost all been written. We're just saying it a little bit different. Amen? Sure. But write them anyway. Keep writing. Keep putting it out there. Keep declaring it. Praise the Lord. Think about it. The history, when people are lulled to sleep in a season of peace and prosperity, they tend to lower their defenses and think there's no need to maintain a strong defense. You're exhorted, Paul over and over exhorted us to build up our faith, to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, not to become weak, not to become slack. But in seasons of peace and prosperity, it's easy to become lax in what we do. In our nation, we had a season of peace and prosperity. So, oh, why do we need a large military? Because it's peace through strength. I like our Secretary of, uh, of Defense or whatever. He said, you know, we are peace through strength. That's how we're going to win. We're going to make you think, man, if, if you come against us, you will not survive. And you need to be that way spiritually. The devil needs to look at you and say, man, if I attack that person there, I'm going to get my hiney kicked. Now that person over there, I can take without a problem. But this person, they're strong in the Lord. They know who they are. They know how to speak the word. They know how to pray the word. They pray in the Holy Ghost. They know how to be strong. They know the word. They declare the word. They live by the word. Amen? I'm going to go find somebody that just is a casual believer. And so you, you have peace through strength. And so you prepare. We can't afford not to be strong in the Lord. Think about it. Thinking, there are people today that think the resources and, and, and uh, the time that we spend building up our military could be allocated to someplace better. But we need to be strong. Could you say amen? amen? What we do not maintain through vigilance will be lost through complacency. 
what you and I, if your walk with God, if you don't maintain a vigilance in your walk with God, you'll wake up one day and you'll wonder how you arrived where you are spiritually. It's because you got complacent about the things of God. If we as a nation ever become complacent in seasons of peace and prosperity, we'll wonder how the enemy ever got an advantage over us. What you do not maintain through vigilance, you will lose through complacency. We need to understand that. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8-9 through 9 read like this. Beloved, do not, forget this, that one, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing. Everybody say, not willing. That any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The heart of God is that nobody die. How, how many know hell is bondage for eternity? Hell is oppression for eternity. God doesn't want anybody to spend eternity in hell. That is not the will of God. Hell is a real place. It is a literal place. And there are people who will unfortunately spend eternity there. But that is not the heart of God. So God is long-suffering that as many as possible might be set free. Might enter into the freedom that is in Christ Jesus. See, just as sure as our military fights to preserve the freedom and protection of the citizens of this nation, we must, as the army of the Lord, fight for the souls of men and women. You see, they live, fight, and die that none may perish. We must do the same. God's heart for the lost compels us to a life of service. Their heart for our freedom does the same. Our men and women have a heart for our freedom to preserve and to protect it. And it compels them into service. Our heart needs to compel us to a life of service as well. Think about it. The, greatest, the greatness of our nation is the righteousness of its people and their conviction to defend the truth. What makes America great is our conviction to defend the principles that our nation is founded upon. Excuse me. <clears throat> Hear me this morning. Revival will not come to our nation until we are broken in heart for the loss of our world. And that's not just our world globally. That's our world locally. Amen. Not our world as a whole, but the world of our city right here. When we become broken, realizing every person we meet, that those are people that God does not want to perish, but he wants to know him. And that we should be moved with compassion before them. You see, we can become so professionally good at what we do that we can perform and not even know if God is with me. Amen. But I like what Moses said. Moses said, God, I'm not moving unless your spirit goes with me. Amen. I want to know that you're with me. And, and we can do that. It's easy to get into routine and into religion and, and just be able to go through the motion. But we need to have passion for the lost as well. What would happen to us, to our community and to our world if we saw our surroundings through the awareness that God wants everyone we see to know him? I'm praying for that as we go through life. This week as you go, every person you say is that God wants, you, wants them to know Him. You become aware of that. God wants every person we see every day, in every place, in every location. He wants everybody to know Him and to know that He loved them enough to give His Son for their freedom. Amen? Think about it. Jesus, many today don't believe in the responsibility of fighting for the freedom of others. We as a nation have always been on the side of the oppressed wherever they live. Anytime we've entered into engagement, it's because there's been oppression there. And we move on behalf of the oppressed. We move to set captives free. That's a biblical principle. Are you with me? The biblical principle of caring for the oppressed and being moved by that oppression. Even as our church, the last few years, we've been involved with, with, with Courage House and, and, and helping to uh, girls who have been in the bondage of sex trafficking. Girls who are kidnapped and sold into sexual slavery. And so we have raised tens of thousands of dollars to help rescue young women from that bondage, from that oppression. Amen. And then we just got news, unfortunately, that the house here in California has to, has to shut down. Because in, in California, we are just stuck on stupid. Now that they've removed the Johnson Amendment, I think I'll meddle for a moment. No, I'm just teasing. 
But with that, see, in California, you, 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 have, to, you, you have to teach children, you have to teach a young girl that, that it's mandatory when you have minors in a home recovery, you have to teach them that abortion is an option. You have to teach them other different things. You, you, you have to be open for them for transgender or for any other changes in their life. And you have to teach all the, all the liberal policies of everything to, to have a, 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 a sanctioned home in California. So they go, we, we, we can't compromise our convictions. And so they, they've had to move out of that area in that. And so those resources, they're going. We have a, one couple that's moving to Tanzania. They have a home in Africa there in Tanzania where they're moving and starting that. So we're thankful. Amen. But California needs prayer. Could you say amen? amen. We need some help. Hallelujah. But we moved on behalf of the oppressed in every area and, and to bring liberty to them. That's what Jesus said. Acts 10 and verse 38 says, This Jesus, whom God anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And so that's the posture that we have, is that we don't want to see anybody oppressed, regardless of what the, the situation is. See, like the Lord, our weapons of warfare are not to conquer and destroy, but to liberate the captives. In Luke 4, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And one of the reasons he declared he was upon him was to set captives free. Amen? And so that's so important for us to understand. And then we do not instigate the conflict. How many know we don't pick fire? America has never started a war. We've never gone overseas and started a war. You have, to, you have to slap us around quite a bit before we engage. Took Pearl Harbor. <clears throat> it took 9-11. It's taken some pretty aggressive things to get us into conflict and into war. But we don't just go overseas and start wars without a reason. Are you listening to me? Amen. Don't watch it. But we do engage the enemy who seeks to steal kill and to destroy so today as a nation we we still enjoy the life freedom and liberties purchased by the lives and sacrifices of others on our behalf we are protected by men and women right now who volunteer for service to their nation to defend and secure the freedom for all we're protected by soldiers and i love this clip called these are soldiers This is a soldier. When our country needed them, they stepped forward from the crowd and then they looked back at us and said, I will protect you. This is a soldier. They said, I'll do it. Whether it's my boots in the mud, my charter in the sea, or my eyes in the sky, I'll go on your behalf. I'll stand shoulder to shoulder with your brother, with your sister. I will laugh with them. I will cry with them. I will fight with them. I will even die with them. This is a soldier. So they cut their hair. They changed their names, they took their orders, they got up at four, stayed up till twelve. The next day, they ran, they sweat, they pushed, they hauled, they marched, they yelled, they served, they beat their chest, they stood in our place. This is a soldier. They sacrificed their time sometimes their lives. Lives cut short in the name of the red, white, and blue. Lives cut short because our freedoms depend on it. This is a soldier. So today, we, the church, honor you. You who are left behind on their name, to carry on their memory, to carry on their flag. We are the church, so we mourn with those who mourn 
We are the church, so we care for the widows and orphans. We are the church, so we honor those who have fallen in service. And honor to you, widows and orphans of war. Honor to you, the mothers and fathers who battle on. Honor to your greatest of sacrifices. May God bless you. And may God bless America. Can you say amen? Amen. So if you served in the military... You are to be honored and remembered for your service to others. And again, we thank each and every one of you. The parallels between the church and serving our country are amazingly similar. The church can be and do no less. The church is built on and through the lives of those who believe in the cause of Christ with the same conviction as the cause of freedom. They choose to volunteer with their lives and live a life of service for the cross. They are willing to live, fight, and if need be, die to proclaim and defend the freedom purchased by one for all. Now, I still can't remember the name, but there are missionaries, and there is a missionary movement where the missionaries would pack their belongings in caskets and go overseas, making the declaration, we are willing to give our lives to reach these people with the gospel. We came here to die for the cause of Christ, that through our life others may come to know the freedom that's in Christ. Amen? And when our men and women join the military and join the service, they know that at any moment we can be at a ties of freedom, but at any moment they could be called into duty and have to go into the theater of combat and be on the front line and possibly even lay their life down. So they choose to, in the same manner, possibly pack their belongings in a coffin because they believe freedom is worth the price that it takes. Amen? To preserve it and protect it. Praise the Lord. So we deserve to have a day to remember. And on this day, tomorrow we can barbecue, we can do everything else. But remember, you're barbecuing and we have the freedom to do everything because somebody gave their life to do it. Somebody today is a parent who has lost a child. There are parents who have lost their, their, their children. There, 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 there are people who, who, and husbands and wives and, and children who have lost a, 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 a relative, a, a husband or a wife and, and a parent in that way. And they're living today. And because of that, and we're barbecuing, but our freedom and the day off is because of their sacrifice. Amen? So keep that in mind and reverence and respect that. Think about it. The kingdom of God, like our nation, does not have a draft. It asks for volunteers. Amen? So what motivates people to volunteer for service? How do we get motivated to serve? It's when we personally become aware of the truth and the fact that someone thought my life and freedom was worth giving their life for. Do you hear that this morning? Somebody thought our lives and our freedom was worth giving their lives for. Amen. I, I don't do it every time I see them, but every now and then, if, if I am in a restaurant someplace and I, I see somebody in the military or I see somebody in law enforcement, it wasn't long ago I was at one of the restaurants in a, in a fast food restaurant and, and, and uh, locally here, and an officer was going through, and I saw him in the line there waiting in line to make their order come around, and I just went up to cashier. I said, hey, when, when that officer gets up here, just tell him his meal's paid for. I said, I want to pay for that meal, and, that, and I didn't want to make a big deal, so then they brought over, I paid for it after it was all done, and that, and he he just looked around like, what happened? Amen. But you need to honor the men and women that serve and protect our freedom. Amen. Every day, our men and women in law enforcement and service put their lives on the line for our freedom to protect our freedoms that we have right here. Could you say amen? That's so important. If you see somebody in the military, sometime when you're going through an airport, give somebody 20 bucks. Give them some money. Buy their lunch. Do something for them. Just tell them thank you. 
Amen. Because you never know at any moment. Nobody thought 9-11 was going to happen. Nobody thought anything was going to happen. Nobody thought Pearl Harbor was going to be bombed. Nobody thought anything that brought us into conflict was going to happen. But it happened, and the next day, in, in a very short time, those men and women that you saw casually passing by, their lives were on the line, and some of them law to protect and secure our freedom. Amen? So honor those. Give honor to whom honor is due when you have an opportunity think about it when we understand that then we can do that whether it was on the cross or on the battlefield somebody thought our life was worth dying for look at the back of your outline bill if you come to the keyboard please when it comes to christ to him we were worth dying for when jesus looked at humanity he said they are worth dying for and so to me he is worth living for he said, he that believes in me will never die. I do not have to die. I am alive forevermore in Christ. When death, death comes to me, it isn't going to find me. I am alive in Christ. I transition from this house to a new house. Glory to God. Death for me is moving day. It's not death. To be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Jesus said, he that believes in me will never die. We have been given eternal life in Christ. You are eternally alive in God. We may go through a transition, but we are alive forevermore. Amen? And so he thought we were worth dying for, and through his death, we now have eternal life. So he died for me. It is a no-brainer for me to live for him. So what keeps you motivated? Think about it. He didn't just believe in me. He lived and died for me. So I choose the same, my life for his glory. I choose the crucified life of service. Amen. I choose to give my life. Now in ministry, I've had lots of opportunities and lots of thoughts about doing something else. About getting a job. Being able to go to work and go home and leave the job at home. I mean at work. Amen. And not have, and, and, but, but ministry is different. And serving. And even as we're ministering to others, being involved in the church and serving the church, we go, okay, I did that enough. It's time for me to have a break and do that. But wait a minute. No, he died for me. I'm going to live my whole life for him. And every time the opportunities come up, I've chose to pass it up. Amen. Amen. The opportunity to quit, the thought to quit, the thought to do something else. Come on, just pass those up. Just keep living. Keep living for God. Come on, He died for us. I volunteer again. I'm going to be involved again. I'm going to serve again. Amen? Why? Because He believed in me enough to die for me. I want to live for Him. What about when it comes to our men and women of service? To them, we were worth dying for. Every young person that enlists knows that their life could be on the line. And they're enlisting in something that they believe is worth dying for. To me, you and I are worth living a life that respects their sacrifice. They just don't use their freedom. They defend it. They are the ones who have lived and died that I might be free. So I choose to live a life that makes a difference and honors theirs. That's why as a pastor, it's always been important for me to speak about issues that pertain to our freedom. To be involved, regardless that it may cost me something. Amen. People, well, you shouldn't talk about that stuff. Why not? I have as much right as anybody else to talk about. Well, you're a preacher. It shouldn't be in the pulpit. It belongs everywhere. It belongs in the house of God. It belongs in every place. Well, people get upset about it. Well, put on some big boy panties. Amen. Grow up. I'm not going to be moved just because it made you upset. If it's the truth, we need to have the conviction to speak and declare the truth. People died. For the truth to be preserved. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not about being obnoxious or belligerent. But we need the truth. We need to speak and defend the truth. Father, I will give my life to do that. Watch this last clip on a soldier's pledge. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. 
Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, we're Americans. We have a heritage. Amen. A great heritage. It's paid for in blood. It's been preserved by sacrifice over the years. And it's up to us to make sure that it stays secure. Amen? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, today, we remember. We remember the lives given and sacrificed on the altar of our freedom. That today, we would enjoy the liberty that we enjoy. Father, today we pray for the mothers and the fathers, the husbands, the wives, and the children who have experienced personally this loss. Lord, they carry a weight and a burden beyond what we can know or comprehend. So, Father, we pray with President Lincoln that you would assuage their bereavement and leave them with the love and the joy and the memory of knowing the price they paid has secured our freedom. Father, it can sound shallow, it can sound weak, but we pray that your Holy Spirit would comfort each and every one of them right now. Lord, today we want to be soberly reminded so that we would not take for granted a freedom that came at such a high cost. Father, today we want to be reminded of our personal freedom in Christ from the weight and the yoke and the bondage of sin, from the oppression of the devil that's been broken off of our backs. 
that we as your redeemed and adopted children have been brought into your house of freedom. But it came through the redemptive price of the life of your son. Father, help us to cherish, to honor, and to value the freedom that we have in Christ. To not take it for granted, but to preserve it. And then, Lord, help us to have eyes to see our world around us. Father, give us eyes to see the oppression that is holding people. Give us hearts that are moved with compassion, desire to see them free. Give us the boldness, the courage, and the power of your Holy Spirit to act and to move on their behalf. Father, help us to live our life for you because you gave your Son for us. And Lord, today we remember...